Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 214. One of the themes that we're seeing over and over again in Ezekiel, this part of what we're reading, is God warning the people, but also giving them promises of hope, promises of new hearts that he can give them and making them into new people. A promise that we see in part as the story of the people being in exile and being brought back eventually is seen in, but also a story that's played out in the life of Jesus as he comes and tells people about their need to be born again, as we saw last episode, but also today as he speaks to a woman who seems the least likely person to be part of God's people, and yet someone who we see receives a new heart and begins to show us what this new people can look like in a way that only God by his power, through his spirit, can make happen. And so, as we read from these passages today, we'll see new hearts and new people. Beginning now in Ezekiel chapter 10. And Ezekiel continues to proclaim what God is telling him. Here we are. As I watched, I saw on the platform above the top of the cherubim something like a sapphire, resembling the shape of a throne appearing above them. The Lord said to the man dressed in linen, Go between the wheelwork underneath the cherubim, Fill your hands with burning coals from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. He went as I watched. The cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord arose from the cherub and moved to the threshold of the temple. The temple was filled with the cloud while the court was filled with the brightness of the Lord's glory. The sound of the wings of the cherubim could be heard from the outer court like the sound of the sovereign God when he speaks. When the Lord commanded the man dressed in linen, take fire from within the wheelwork from among the cherubim, the man went in and stood by one of the wheels. Then one of the cherubs stretched out his hand toward the fire that was among the cherubim. He took some of it and put it in the hands of the man dressed in linen. He took it and left. The cherubim appeared to have the form of human hands under their wings. As I watched, I noticed four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel beside each cherub. The wheels gleamed like jasper. As for their appearance, all four of them looked the same, something like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they would go in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. In the direction the head would turn them, they would follow without turning as they moved, along with their entire bodies, their backs, their hands, and their wings. The wheels of the four of them were full of eyes all around. As for their wheels, they were called the wheelwork as I listened. Each of the cherubim had four faces, The first was the face of a cherub, the second that of a man, the third that of a lion, and the fourth that of an eagle. The cherubim rose up. These were the living beings I saw at the Kabar River. When the cherubim moved, the wheels moved beside them. When the cherubs spread their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels did not move from their side. When the cherubim stood still, the wheels stood still. And when they rose up, the wheels rose up with them, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Then the glory of the Lord moved away from the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings, and as they rose, and they rose up from the earth while I watched. When they went, the wheels went alongside them. They stopped at the entrance of the east gate of the Lord's temple, 
as the glory of God of Israel hovered above them. These were the living creatures that I saw at the Kabar River underneath the God of Israel. I knew that they were cherubim. Each had four faces, each had four wings, and the form of human hands under their wings. As for the form of their faces, they were the faces whose appearance I had seen at the Kabar River. Each one moved straight ahead. A wind lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the Lord's temple that faced the east. There, at the entrance of the gate, I noticed twenty-five men. Among them, I saw Jazaniah, son of Azur, and Pelatiah, the son of Benaniah, officials of the people. The Lord said to me, Son of man, these are the men who plot evil and give wicked advice in this city. They say, The time is not near to build houses. The city is a cooking pot, and we are the meat in it. Therefore I prophesy against them. Prophesy, son of man. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and said to me, Say, This is what the Lord says. This is what you are thinking, O house of Israel. I know what goes through your minds. You have killed many people in this city. You have filled its streets with corpses. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The corpses you have dumped in the midst of the city are the meat, and the city is the cooking pot, but I will take you out of it. You fear the sword, so with the sword I will bring against you, declares the Lord. But I will take you out of the city, and I will hand you over to foreigners. I will execute judgments on you. You will die by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This city will not be a cooking pot for you, and you will not be meat within it. I will judge you at the border of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord, whose statutes you have not followed and whose regulations you have not carried out. Instead, you have behaved according to the regulations of the nations around you. Now, while I was prophesying, Palatia, son of Benaiah, died. Then I threw myself face down and cried out with a loud voice, Alas, sovereign Lord! You are completely wiping out the remnant of Israel. Then the Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, your brothers, your relatives, and the whole house of Israel, all of them are those to whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, They have gone far away from the Lord. To us this land has been given as a possession. Therefore say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Although I have removed them far away from the nations and have dispersed them among the countries, I have been a little sanctuary for them among the lands that they have gone. Therefore say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, When I regather you from the peoples and assemble you from the lands where you have been dispersed, I will give you back the country of Israel. When they return to it, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations. I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them. I will remove the hearts of stone from their bodies, and I will give them tender hearts, so that they may follow my statutes and observe my regulations and carry them out. Then they will be my people, and I will be their God. But those whose hearts are devoted to detestable things and abominations, I hereby repay them for what they have done, says the Sovereign Lord. Then the cherubs spread their wings and their wheels alongside them, while the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. The glory of the Lord rose up from the city and stopped over the mountains east of it. Then a wind lifted me up and carried me to the exiles in Babylonia, in the vision given to me by the Spirit of God. Then the vision I had seen went up from me, so I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. The Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, you are living in the midst of a rebellious house. They have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear, because they are a rebellious house. Therefore, son of man, pack up your belongings as if for exile. 
during the day while they are watching pretend to go into exile. Go from where you live to another place. Perhaps they will understand, although they are a rebellious house. Bring out all your belongings packed for exile during the day while they are watching, and go out at evening while they are watching as if for exile. While they are watching, dig a hole in the wall and carry your belongings out through it. While they are watching, raise your baggage onto your shoulder and carry it out into the dark. You must cover your face so that they cannot see the ground because I have made you an object lesson to the house of Israel. So I did just as I was commanded. I carried out my belongings packed for exile during the day, and at evening I dug myself a hole through the wall with my hands. I went out in the darkness carrying my baggage on my shoulder while they watched. The Lord's message came to me in the morning saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, that rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The prince will raise this burden in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel within it. I say I am an object lesson for you. Just as I have done, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile and captivity. The prince who is among them will raise his belongings onto his shoulder in darkness and will go out. He will dig a hole in the wall to leave through. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land with his eyes. But I will throw my net over him, and he will be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, but he will not see it. And there he will die. All his retinue, his attendants and his troops, I will scatter to every wind. I will unleash a sword behind them. Then they will know that the Lord, that I am the Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them among foreign countries. But I will let a small number of them survive the sword, famine, and pestilence, so that they can confess all their abominable practices to the nations where they go. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread with trembling and drink your water with anxious shaking. Then say to the people of the land, This is what the Sovereign Lord says about the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the land of Israel. They will eat their bread with anxiety and drink their water in fright. For their land will be stripped bare of all all it contains because of the violence of all who live in it. The inhabited towns will be left in ruins, and the land will be devastated. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb you you have had in the land of Israel? The days pass slowly, and every vision fails. Therefore tell them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I hereby end this proverb. They will not recite it in Israel any longer, but say to them, The days are at hand when every vision will be fulfilled. For there will no longer be any false visions or flattering omens amidst the house of Israel. For I, the Lord, will speak. Whatever word I speak, I will will be accomplished. It will not be delayed any longer. Indeed, in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and accomplish it, declares the Sovereign Lord. The Lord's message came to me, saying, Take note, son of man, the house of Israel is saying, the vision that he sees is for distant days. He is prophesying about the far future. Therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, none of my words will be delayed any longer. The word I speak will come to pass, declares the sovereign Lord. So there between God's pronunciations, his, his announcement that there is going to be judgment, that he's going to leave and his glory will depart from the temple, his presence away from the people and they'll be taken to exile, is this promise that he will bring them back and give them new hearts by the work of his spirit actually working in them and calling them to new life in him. And now we turn to Psalm 83, 
which is a psalm that's crying out to God to bring justice on the nations who do violence, and at the same time calling out at the end for those same nations to seek the Lord, that through God's disciplining those nations too, that they too would come to see and know who the true God is. Psalm 83 A Song, A Psalm of Asaph O God, do not be silent, do not ignore us, do not be inactive, O God. For look, your enemies are making a commotion, those who hate you are hostile. They carefully plot against your people and make plans to harm the ones you cherish. They say, come on, let's annihilate them so they are no longer a nation, then the name of Israel will be remembered no more. Yes, they devise a unified strategy, they form an alliance against you. It includes the tents of Edom and the Ishlamites, Moab and Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia, and the inhabitants of Tyre. Even Assyria has allied with them, lending its strength to the descendants of Lot. Do, not, do to them as you did to Midian, as you did to Sisera and Jabin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor, their corpses were like manure on the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, and all their rulers like Zeba and Zalmunna, who said, Let's take over the pastures of God. O my God, make them like dead thistles, like dead weeds blown away by the wind, like the fire that burns down the forest or the flames that consume the mountainside. Chase them with your gale winds and terrify them with your wisdom. Cover their faces with shame so that they might seek you, O Lord. May they be humiliated and continually terrified. May they die in their shame. Then they will know that you alone are the Lord, the Most High over the earth. What an incredible combination of calling out to God for justice, but also calling for God to use his discipline to wake the people up, to see their need for him, and to see that he is the only true God. And thinking of discovering who the only true God is and what he is truly about, we turn to John 4 and read the story of Jesus interacting with a Samaritan woman, which is an incredibly beautiful story of grace and mercy and the bringing in of these other nations and other peoples to be part of God's family through the giving of new hearts and new life through the work of the Spirit. John chapter 4. Now when Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was winning and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing but his disciples were, he left Judea and set out once more for Galilee. But he had to pass through Samaria, now he came to a Samaritan town called Zychar, near the plot of the land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, since he was so tired from the journey, sat down right beside the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me some water to drink, for his disciples had gone off into town to buy some supplies. So the Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, Ask me, a Samaritan woman, for water to drink, for Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you had known the gift of God, and who it is who said to you, Give me some water to drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said to him, You have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Surely you are not greater than our ancestor Jacob, are you? For he gave us this well and drank from it himself, along with his sons and livestock. Jesus replied, Everyone who drinks some of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks some of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. 
but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. He said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman replied, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Right you are when you said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the man you are living with now is not your husband. This you said truthfully. The woman said to him, Sir, I see you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you people say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. God is spirit and the people who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, the one called Christ. Whenever he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Now at that very moment, his disciples came back. They were shocked because he was speaking with a woman. However, no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went off to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Surely he can't be the Messiah, can he? So they left the town and began coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples began to say to one another, No one brought him anything to eat, did they? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. Don't you say... There are four months and then comes the harvest. I tell you, look up and see the fields are already white for harvest. The one who reaps receives pay and gathers fruit for eternal life, so that the one who sows and the one who reaps can rejoice together. For in this instance the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you did not work for. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor." Now many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the report of the woman who testified, He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they began asking him to stay with them. He stayed there two days, and because of his word, and many more believed. They said to the woman, No longer do we believe because of your words, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that this one really is the Savior of the world." Now after two days he departed from there to Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because he had, they had seen all the things he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they themselves had gone to the feast. Now he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. In Capernaum there was a certain royal official whose son was sick. When he heard that Jesus had come back from Judea to Galilee, He went to him and begged him to come down and heal his son who was about to die. So Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. Sir, the official said to him, Come down before my child dies. Jesus told him, Go, go home. Your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and set off for home. 
While he was on his way down, his slaves met him and told him that his son was going to live. So he asked them the time when his condition began to improve. And they told him, Yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon the fever left him. Then the father realized that it was the very time Jesus said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed along with his entire household. Jesus did this as his second miraculous sign when he returned from Judea to Galilee. What a beautiful story of Jesus healing the, the man's son, but also the story of Jesus giving life, new life, to the Samaritan woman and many of the town from Samaria who came to see that he is truly the Messiah, truly the one who has the power to give new life because he gives new hearts to a new people that he gathers to himself, which begins in Israel, but is already spreading to Samaria. And as we'll see later on, as we think about the biblical story and his disciples begins to be something that goes to all nations. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.